0: everyone, my name is Jonathan Freeson. You are listening to What The Fly, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Hey, Pastor Joel. Hey, howdy ho. How's it going? Howdy ho, indeed. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's going great. I'm super excited. What better time to talk about this topic than with someone like you in my life.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: We are going to be talking about fellowship today. Yes, sir. What is the background
1: on the topic of fellowship, Pastor Joel? We did an episode last season, season three, episode five about fellowship versus relationship one of our heavy bout battles right heavyweight bouts that's right when well, that episode we focused primarily on a person's fellowship and or relationship to god and jesus specifically unpacking the term a personal relationship with jesus you know we had the what do we do after salvation theme of season 3 In this episode, episode 3 of season 4, we'll be coming at fellowship through the lens of the church, especially since it's one of the four causes of church that we taught about in the last episode, that we referred to Acts 2.42 when we taught that. So really, the history is, this is one of the four causes of church, and now that we're unpacking this church theme for season four, that's kind of the direction we're going to be looking at fellowship in, in this episode.
0: Nice through a, through a church lens. Yeah. All right. So how have people been hurt by this topic of fellowship in the church?
1: Well, fellowship is rare. Ah, I think the word is used very often And I don't think it's used in the way God intended to most of those times. Should I I, not
0: should I not think of donuts when I hear the word fellowship? I don't think
1: like off the top of my head, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Not as a cause, anyways.
0: Okay, okay, fair enough.
1: But similar to what we did discuss in episode five, season three, is people lump. Fellowship and relationship, right? And whether that's with God or with one another, and that's where we're really going to see fellowship through the lens of the church is more what does fellowship between me and another human being look like, another member of the church that God has established? Where in season three, we were talking more what does this fellowship look like with God and with Jesus, but. Ultimately, the the fact that fellowship and relationship are lumped together, and, and really what that means is when people say fellowship, oftentimes what they mean is relationship. Okay. Due to this, people miss one of the greatest benefits we receive as Christians.
0: So when this topic hits the church, the topic of fellowship, it has a a dividing principle kind of a dividing effect that happens there's a strict side that forms over this topic and there's a loose side that forms from this topic
1: can yes. you help
0: us see the perspective of those on the strict side
1: on the strict side like we said in the last episode the the big issue is that each of these causes including fellowship is going to have a super a superficial definition so what that would look like then is fellowship being defined as any communication that is focused on or surrounding a topic about god or the bible okay so fellowshipping with a person would mean doing bible studies together or praying together or even just talking about god together etc cetera, et cetera. okay Now, the pain, the damage, the abuse comes when pastors or leaders are telling their people that if they aren't doing those things, they're missing the mark of fellowship. When they equate, you need to do Bible studies, you need to be talking about God, you need to be out evangelizing and witnessing as if that is fellowshipping, you're actually hurting the people because they're getting... A flawed view of what fellowship really is at its cause.
0: Nice. Okay. I'm excited to hear more about what it looks like from the causal standpoint. How would someone in the strict perspective support their beliefs with the Bible?
1: Here's a couple verses. First John 1, 3. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Great verse. Love it very much. How about 2 Corinthians 6.14? Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Great verse again.
2: Mm -hmm. These
1: verses only successfully affect our lives when we have the right doctrine the right definitions behind these key terms. So I could go on and on with my Mm. biblical support. Because once again, the Bible verses aren't the problem. It's how they're applied and how these keywords are defined that is the problem. If I have a superficial definition for fellowship, any one of these verses is going to end up being taken out of context or misapplied. And any one of these verses can be used to support my flawed beliefs makes sense
0: how would you handle an interaction with someone who held this strict perspective
1: well when we're talking about a topic like this that is that is based in a key word and a key doctrine i always start or i always want to start with just simply asking what is your definition for fellowship
0: nice such a good question
1: and then i could go further and i could ask are you experiencing the level of intimacy that god intended you to have with your church family especially outside of the church building so that see that's a more specific question that gets at some of the application and benefits we should be experiencing with fellowship so those are some questions i would ask a person who is coming towards me with this strict side belief. Awesome. Let's let me
0: summarize this and we'll see if we got a call here, pastor Joel. When we're talking about the strict side, it is the strict side is focused on the rules, right? These people happen to be legal, tend to be legalistic. Yeah. And fellowship the the definition of it is something that is superficial. Right. Defined as communication that involves God or the Bible. Right. Or, you know, so it's people praying together, people talking about God together, and that's what it means to have fellowship. Right. Great. Well, let's take a call from... Pastor Richard Tater. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead, Pastor Tater. You're on the line.
2: Hello, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jonathan. This is Pastor Richard Tater calling from McMillan, Alabama. How y'all doing? I have somewhat to say upon the matter of fellowship. Once again, this is another topic that didn't go well when I talked with Dickie. Every time I called him, he had people in his house. They were, quote, hanging out. That's not church. They weren't getting anything done.
1: Well, Pastor Tater, let me try something on you. What's your definition of fellowship?
2: I believe fellowship is when people are working together to get things done for God. It's really simple, Pastor Joel. Jesus said, Matthew 24, blessed is the man who is found doing when his master comes back. Fellowship is when believers keep each other focused on being busy for God.
0: Uh, Pastor Tater, are you saying this can't be done by sitting and talking? What kind of people are attending pastor rich's church uh
2: well that's a good question uh uh, i didn't ask dickie who is coming to his home church
0: (laughs) well maybe you could ask him the next time you talk to him you may even ask him why he feels led to pastor these people
2: Hmm. yes yeah thank you thank you pastor jonathan I guess I do. I do feel better. Uh, I'm gonna hang up and listen. This was my favorite podcast.
0: God bless. Oh, thank you so much for the call, Pastor Tater. Pastor Joel, I'm glad that our buddy Pastor Tater feels better. I gotta tell you, every time I hear that he feels better or anyone feels better,
1: that jacks me up. Yeah. I think he's getting the information he needs to start feeling more settled. And, and I love that he can talk to us about these things and kind of flush things out. Just even on the phone call, mm-hmm. it sounds like he's, you know, because he's sharing and being honest with us and, and, you know, open to what we have to say, I think it's helping. It sounds like he's still dealing with his tradition, especially with respect to church and and even fellowship. And maybe when he learns more about the causes of church, he'll have his perspective about church itself repaired. You know, this is one of the things we can, we can learn through this is really because we know the causes of church. That might be the key to helping us repair our church dam. One of the areas we have church damage is start with the causes. So not only is it the right way to learn about church, but it's also the right way to start with repairing our belief about what church is. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Awesome.
0: Let's go and talk about the loose side. We talked about the strict side. What is the other side of the argument, Pastor Joel?
1: The other side is the mentality of, well, because I'm a Christian, I'm in fellowship with all believers, with all other Christians through Christ. Mm. Really, this is an effort to not wanting to open up more than at the surface or superficial level. So, really, Any level of intimacy that I am at with another Christian is fellowship merely because we are Christians.
0: Interesting. How have people been hurt by that perspective?
1: Again, people are missing this great benefit of Christianity, including the emotional connection we need in order to really have agreement in the church. Oh, there's some keywords there. So, how would right. you
0: handle an interaction with someone who held the loose perspective?
1: I could ask them Are you growing in agreement with the people in your church? Are you growing in friendship with the people in your church? And how about this? When's the last time someone challenged a deeply held belief of yours for your benefit? oh yeah those are oh
0: yeah those are good ones those are there's some depth there yes there's some depth there okay when this topic of fellowship hits the church pastor joel what are your thoughts how does this how are you seeing this impact the church
1: i see it impact the church in in three ways resulting in three categories of people. There's the people I feel sorry for. These are people who think they're in fellowship merely because they're Christians. These people are missing the benefits of fellowship and are hurting others when fellowship is being represented at at a level of intimacy that is not done in love. So really the people we feel sorry for are the ones who take... And then still equate that with fellowship because the people they're having these interactions with are fellow Christians. Hmm. There's the people I understand why they do what they do. These are people who leave the church because they're not experiencing the emotional connection with people that they know they're supposed to. Yeah. These people often see Christians as fake
0: right church face right
1: yeah it's like these people aren't being real they're Mm -hmm. not really sharing about what's going on everybody walks into this building everybody i interact with here just starts every conversation with god is good things are great god bless blah 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 these people are fake yeah because i know in my life things are crappy Mm -hmm. so i'm not feeling any emotional connection to these people yeah. Then there's the people that I'm impressed with. These are people who want to be deeply known and to deeply know others. Mm-hmm. People who want God to flow through their uniqueness in order to love the church. These are people who are open and truthful and vulnerable.
0: That sounds quite rare.
1: It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: What is the ultimate answer? It is that time, Pastor Joel.:
1: The ultimate answer, fellowship is social intercourse. Social intercourse. Yes. hmm. Some description of that. It's a willingness to share everything you have, everything you do, and everything you are with another person. Minus sexual intercourse. Yeah. Because that would be marriage, right? Nice. This is a willingness to be deeply known and wanting to deeply know another person. Like they're very much like the high cell, so the very much like the people we're impressed with that category of people. Now, key thing to remember here: fellowship is a willingness to share everything you have to and R, not a requirement. And here's really the key. To knowing what you should be willing to share is when it's done in love.
0: Nice. Okay.
1: Fellowship is driven by love. Nice. It is this agreement between two or more people that we will give of ourselves to one another while taking direction from God in love. Give of ourselves in every capacity possible. Mm. The more, the better. Again, in the hurdles and drivers teaching from episode one, fellowship is a driver. Meaning this, the more, the better, the deeper, the better. Nice. Now, our fellowship with God and Jesus is going to get better over time for eternity. That same thing is true for the fellowship we have with the brothers and sisters in the church. And the big benefit here of this cause of the four causes is fellowship provides emotional health, which is something that the world and the church drastically needs. And furthermore, I just want to say this. One of the reasons I believe the church doesn't experience this level of intimacy and doesn't experience fellowship as much as God would want us to is because it is an intentional decision. It's not something that happens organically over time. Nobody is going to end up at fellowship with another person on accident. You don't just get there through time served. Nice. It is a decision, and you and I know this, and I think it's why you, at the beginning of the episode, were excited to discuss this with me. It's because you and I are in fellowship. The reason you and I know that we're in fellowship is we've had a conversation multiple times about what level of intimacy do we want to be at as brothers in Christ. We've come to an agreement that we want to be in fellowship with one another, meaning we... I have a willingness to share with one another everything we have, do, and are. That we want to be deeply known and that we want to deeply know the other person. And part of that means inviting the other person to speak into my life. I've given you that permission. You've given me that permission to speak anything into your life. Now, again, remembering this is all driven by love. So that would be why fellowship doesn't happen on accident. It's an intentional decision. You could even say it's covenantal. It doesn't happen without two people coming to an intentional agreement about the level of intimacy you want to share with one another.
0: Yeah. And people acting according to that. Right. So I know that there's been people who've been in. Uh, a a very superficial relationship with someone and because they want to be in fellowship with them they want to be known or deeply know them they immediately make an agreement let's be in fellowship and they were not sharing with each other at that level right so that's where i like your your commentary about that because it's not only stating hey let's share all you know what we have what we do what we what who we are with the other person it's not just making that agreement it's also doing those causes and sharing in love before that's even stated to begin with
1: right right
0: but you know this whole idea of sharing in love with someone for their benefit is going to be a process so going from zero to fellowship does not work. We need to because that's like that that's you're saying something that you're not doing.
1: Which and you may not even understand, right? Because part of it is it's it's really us operating at the highest level possible according to who God created us to be. In order to make that agreement and to make that agreement in an educated or uh safe or decently in an order. I got to know who you are and what you offer. I got to know who I am and what I offer. I got to know how is this going to be profitable? Now, if you don't know the answer to all those things, it's not wrong to try it out, but just know just because you've made the agreement, if you don't have a lot of experience and understanding with each other, you're not going to likely be operating at that level of intimacy that you've agreed upon for some time. And you may find out sooner rather than later that this actually isn't working because you don't have enough trust yet. Hmm. Where with you and me, you and I know each other really well. I know what you have to offer. You know what I have to offer. We know how we're profitable with one another. I mean, seriously, listen to any of the interviews you and I have done together through this podcast. And it's constantly being discussed how you and me are different and how that benefits our working relationship and our fellowship. But because of all of that experience and understanding, we have a high level of faith or trust in one another, which is why we know we are when we are very aware of what's going on when we make this agreement with one another to be and operate in fellowship, we know what that means, we know the cost, and, and it's proven to be a beneficial uh, fellowship over, over the years. So thank you, Pastor Jonathan.
0: Oh, man, thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. This has been awesome. This has been What the Flock?
2: Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.